is right. We're nothing but a big bunch of losers. Show's over, folks. Go home. What about our five bucks? You get it after you leave. Now get out of here. Wait a minute, Homer. You didn't ask everybody. What about the women? Fine, fine. What do you do, Dr. Simpson? Doctor? That's right. I'm chief of complicated surgery at the Care Clinic. That means you went to college, right? You have to if you want to be an architect. Or an environmental lawyer. Or regional sales coordinator for the third largest distributor of bunk and trundle beds. Oh, did you hear that, Lisa? So, all the Simpson women turn out okay. That's right, sweetie. The defective Simpson gene is on the Y chromosome, so only men are affected. So I'm not doomed! Oh, Dad, I've never been happier to be your daughter! Oh, it ain't, honey. Remember, there's nothing that says you can't be a Simpson and a success. Unless you're a man. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we're here to review my favorite episode of season nine. It is Lisa the Simpson. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How are you today, Dando? Not too bad. I'm a little concerned because it's been a while now since we've been doing this over Skype. It doesn't feel right. It feels weird. There's a bit of a delay there. It's it's much. It's harder to edit this show when we do it over Skype because of that stupid delay. But and it just doesn't feel as personal. I like having you here. I like being able to reach mm. over and touch you. You know, just mm. caress your leg and whatnot. It's it really adds to the vibe of the uh, the atmosphere of the show. Yeah, that's all right. I've just put a bit, a bit of wet lettuce on my thigh to replicate the feeling of your hand, so that's fine. Uh, can I say that if you were concerned about the lack of energy that might be brought about by the fact that we're recording by Skype, I'm no expert, but starting the show by saying, hey guys, set your expectations to a lack of energy probably isn't the best way to get around it. Oh, well, people going into season nine, they're expecting this, weren't they? Everyone always says this at the end of the show, even though we keep telling them it's not. But at least The Simpson, I seriously absolutely love this show. But before we get into it, a few things we need to discuss. Uh, actually, I'm going to ask you, how was your auction tonight? You did a, a golfing trip auction or something over WhatsApp? Yeah, golf trip auction. Um, every year it gets more and more uh, sizable in the kitty. But basically, there's 16 of us that are going on a golf trip, uh, leaving this Sunday, actually. And uh, we decided to raise the stakes a few years and actually uh, a few years ago and actually have something to play for. So it's a... A kind of thing where you bid on you, who you think the winning player is going to be. We play six rounds over four days. There are points. There's a you know a pretty full-on scoring system to the overall tournament victor. Then, uh, so you basically bid on who you think is going to win. Um, you the winning bidder of whichever. So like say I buy you and you win the tournament, I take seventy-five percent of the auction kitty and you would pocket the remaining 25% as a bit of a player's bonus for actually getting it done. Wait, so you're leaving Sunday. You've just started a new job and you're already taking a week off? I'm not taking a week. I'm taking two days. You said it's over four days. It's, uh, it's the Queen's birthday long weekend, so... Oh, of course it is. Of, of course it is. I keep forgetting that. Look, why do we get a, a holiday for the Queen's birthday when A... Because we sort of are a still a monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> We're still a monarchy. But it's sort of a birthday. Uh... N- well, look, does when you're as old as the Queen, 
does it really matter? Like, I'm sure we could convince her it was her birthday. But it's, it's this is Australia, though. We've just gone, oh, Elizabeth, you know, the date of your birthday doesn't really work for us. So, we'd rather have a day off in June. Mind if we just shift it there? Uh, but, oh, it doesn't matter what you say. We're going to do it anyway. You know, because we're Australia. Yeah, true. Um, like, we're never going to say no to a public holiday, which is what made it so fantastic when everyone was cracking the shits at kids for pr- taking a day off school to protest climate change. It's like... How how are they going to prepare themselves for the real world where we have 13 or 14 public holidays a year? Australia, oh no, Victoria, the only state in the world or state in the country where you get a day off because the national sport has a parade. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Like, I don't even think India does that for cricket and they have made gods of their players. Surely they have <laughs> Sachin Tendulkar's birthday off, right? <laughs> oh, you would hope. <laughs> Tendulkar Day. <laughs> I was going to uh, speaking of birthdays it's my mother Marcia and my sister Stacy's birthday tomorrow on June the 6th recording this on June the 5th so happy birthday to mum and my sister Stacy. hope you have a good day going over there for some uh, pizza dindins tomorrow looking forward to that what's your pizza of choice I always go with the uh, there's a local place called Pizzas of Attitude they do a chicken delight mm. it's got bacon on it but you know me don't eat pork so I get the chicken delight without bacon and then add extra chicken because I'm Dando and I love me some chicken <laughs> so when you do that, do they not call it a chicken delight anymore and just kind of call it a chicken sad? <laughs> they, as soon as I, I get it so often that as soon as I say Dando, they just know what to order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my pizza of choice um, is unfortunately not made anymore, but uh, shout out to Ocean Grove Pizza. I think they called it the Terrace. Um, Ocean, they, anyway, Ocean Grove Pizza and Pasta, they had two locations. One of them was the Terrace. And they used to do a Tex-Mex pizza. So it was um, ground beef, like mincemeat, done in kind of like a old El Paso burrito, chili con carne kind of seasoning. It wasn't like it, it wasn't from a kit. It wasn't old El Paso, mm. but it was that style of chili con carne. It had red onions, kidney beans. Uh, but where they really got you was this amazing kind of avocado um what's what's the word that i'm looking for here guacamole they did like a guacamole sauce after the pizza had come out of the oven that they would swirl around it all it was just ridiculously good did you just carb it up and have a side of wedges as well dip into it uh no but that wouldn't have been the worst idea in the world actually they could have put corn chips on there much like the burger that i had over the weekend well the place that i go to they do the uh the nacho pizza Oh, at Pizzas with Attitude, Nacho Pizza. Yes, I have had yeah. that before. It's really tasty. It's actually pretty amazing how many things you can add corn chips to. Do you know the best corn chips in Australia are the home brand ones? And like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but seriously, if you're in Australia, don't go Doritos. Go the home brand corn chips and you will never look back. Half the price, double the flavor. Are you talking about like the plain corn chips or are we talking no, like flavored Cheese Supremes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so on plain corn chips, get what you like. But when it comes to flavoured ones, like potato chips, like corn chips, get the home brand. Yeah. That's like, see, I've, I have always enjoyed home brand plain because they're often a little bit saltier. I think because they're less refined. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'd never go on the flavoured version. I will check that out. That That is the four finger discount tip of the week. Yes. Now, we were discussing off the air beforehand. So what we've done this week, I thought I'd switch it up a bit. Um because with the mailbag, it's been a bit weak lately. I sort of last week we only had one question. I thought no, that wasn't because of lack of questions. That was because you know Elliot was crying and whatnot. We had to sort of get out. Um, but I thought the mailbag's been a bit weak lately. I want to sort of get it back to where it was, back to its glory days. So 
we've gone to I've gone to the Patreon page on, on Facebook and I I asked the patrons for episode specific questions. So what we're going to do going forward is before we get into the full rundown recap of the episodes, we're going to do a Patreon uh, episode specific mailbag where we can just discuss because I'm sure they've got questions that they when they're listening to the review going, oh, I wish I wish I had to discuss this. I wish I had discussed that because we get that quite often, don't we, Mitch? Where they're going, you know, you know, you guys didn't discuss this. It, it, it surprised me you didn't discuss that element. I've gone, oh, yeah, you're right. We probably should have gone further into that. Well, now we are. So, but don't worry if you if you're not interested in hearing that. What I'm going to do in the description of the podcast going forward is I'm going to timestamp. So I'm going to timestamp when the re- the recap starts. Timestamp when the uh when the Patreon mail bad. Timestamp when the post mailbag starts so you can skip through to the specific sections that you like or if you're listening to the show you just want to hear the whole thing just listen through i guarantee you're going to enjoy it but we started this week with that with lisa the simpson now i mentioned last week how it's my favorite episode i think why i like it so much because it just stands out so much in season nine because there was a real shift in comedy uh in season nine you mentioned it last week mitch that quite often now when you turn on maybe not so much season nine but sort of season 10 onwards but it happened last week you're switching it on and characters are not being themselves. So you had Krusty, he's, you know, ch- changing up his comedy, his comedic style. Mo gets a girlfriend, things like that. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? But this one yeah. here, it's simple, it's grounded. All the characters are very true to themselves. And that's because it's actually a season eight holdover, like we mentioned, that is, is, this is Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein's last episode. And you can really tell. I think that's, that's like I said, I think that's why it's my favorite because it really, it feels like a golden era episode of The Simpsons because it is. Yeah, not only does it feel like, to me, it doesn't even feel like a season eight holdover. It feels almost like a season six or seven episode that's slipped its way back. It does, yeah. Like, it it is, it's a really tender, caring episode. It's got, just storytelling-wise, the structure of it is fantastic, that it sets Lisa up to believe certain things, it sets you up to believe certain things. Like, it's not just Lisa having some sort of, irrational fear that she's going to become dumb like they actually show you evidence of this by by and doing it in a way that doesn't break anything like by showing homer being smart at six years old that doesn't actually change the history of who we know homer to be same deal with bart like we've never seen him go to school two years ago or three years ago so or whatever whatever age it was that they pulled bart's grades out for so you're like okay yep that that makes sense like he was he was always a brat, we know that, but maybe he was actually intelligent a couple of years ago. So it it's not only does it give Lisa that fear, but it gives the audience that kind of a, a reason to buy into the fear. That's actually one of the things that, I'm not going to say nitpick, but you said there about Bart. We kind of do see it in Lisa Sachs when he is, he, he becomes a brat because he's, tri- cause he's quite dumb when he first starts school, if you remember. Yeah, true. The primary school, but so that like, that doesn't really still, fit. But yeah, it's still overall though. It doesn't feel too, you know, too absurd. Yeah, it it doesn't. Like I, I as much as I hadn't thought of Lisa Sachs because it's kind of a standalone one of the few times that you see Bart at that age. Like it's still just enough that look, he could have learned. He could have come out of the remedial mm. class. And also the, the episode you mentioned, you uh, discussed that the formula. I think a really good formula for Simpsons episodes. I found that. Is the the main story has to be having an emotional beat, not be too wacky. This is for, mm-hmm. for my my perfect idea of a simple episode. So the main story being grounded and simple, but have that emotional beat, and that the B story be a bit wacky, sort of similar to um, New Kid on the Block when Bart falls in love with the next door neighbor. But the B plot is Homer's all you can eat wackiness. I think that yeah. you know, that kind of that that formula is the Simpsons. I think that's what makes them great. That's when they're at their best. Yeah. 
I completely agree with that. That uh, it, not necessarily to say in my eyes that they're the those are the best episodes, but they're certainly it. It just makes it feel well, way more rounded and balanced as a show. Um, that for me, you, I want to be able to be invested in what the storyline is. So. Yeah, by having a sh- by having it l- the main plot be that, then you do get to invest in the characters, and then the B plot provides a welcome relief from what's going on, as opposed to just oh, here's something else to laugh at that we couldn't stretch out for twenty five minutes. Like when both the A plot and the B plot are wacky, it just feels like you guys have got two half ideas that you couldn't figure out how to make an episode out of, and you mashed them together. Whereas this feels like you had a great idea and then you thought, what else can we do to just, you know, uh, get away from that tension, get away from that storyline occasionally to to give you a bit of a palate cleanse. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. This episode is by no means the funniest episode of season nine, but it's still, in my opinion, the best one because they don't always have to be, like you said, don't have to be the funniest to be the best. It It is still very, very funny though. And there's a lot of really iconic moments that came from this. Uh, yes, like yep. Moon Pie for one, which we'll get to. <laughs> very, very funny. Uh, even the meme that you so often see of Homer and Bart sitting on the uh, sitting on the couch, just in the blue glow of the late night television. Um, Troy McClure, I completely like. Uh, DNA and Billy is one of my favorite Troy McClure things. Completely forgot that it was still to come. To be honest, like I, I you know, I just thought that at some point we must have covered it in the past uh so it was really really yeah. good to see that and i after realty bites and you know the ode to to phil hartman i completely forgot that we got something of substance again from him we discussed yardley's performance by the way she was fantastic in this yeah she was did she get a nomination for this i feel like she really should have um i didn't see anything about it let me just double check i don't know um no, normally they mention it on the wiki page. There's no mention of it here, so I guess not. Which is a shame. Even the like the uh, the the flash forward where she's imagining herself fat, just the tweak of Lisa's voice being a fat hillbilly mother. It's just great. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that is. <laughs> it's, it's really really funny. <laughs> um, that is one of the things that just makes me giggle whenever I look at this. I always say to Nicola too. Now I always go. Because Nicholas sits there and watches the shows on Fox or whatever. And I say, little dude, Elliot, mum is watching a story. He's going to be a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> we also need to give credit to Dan. Uh, it was just so great how he was able to come up with so many variations of Homer's voice, but still sound like Homer. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I hadn't even really considered that, that Dan had acted all of those Simpsons. Yeah. They're all different, but they're all still the same. It was just fa- It was just great. I'm just having a quick look on IMDb, but yeah, there's nothing on there either, unfortunately, about any nominations. Were The Simpsons even winning Emmys at this point? Uh, look, they were still one of the biggest cartoons, so I'm sure they were still getting nominated. Like, it's one of those things that if, you, if you're big and you're on TV, you're going to pull Emmy nominations out because there's just only so many shows that were animated and on TV. Now, I've read a couple of reviews on uh, on the episode, and there was a few people who were critiquing the ending, saying that the ending sort of brought the episode down a few pegs, saying it was a bit bit uh, rushed and a bit out of nowhere and a bit too convenient. And I kind of get what they're saying. I've never really looked at it too in depth, but I can get what they're saying. They're saying that all of a sudden the Simpsons family is just, just got all these relatives who we've never seen before and never see again just because it suits the story. 
And I kind of get that because they introduced all these characters here. Where have they been? Yeah. Nah, but who cares? <laughs> exactly. Like, like, it, it fits the story. I, I, I don't still. have any problem with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course, it's it's contrived. But, you know, it, it's contrived in a way that doesn't break the story for me. Um, I actually just had a really bad thought then of what might happen if this episode came out today and say The Simpsons was still as popular as it ever was and then this episode got made. I wonder if there would be the same sort of backlash that something like Captain Marvel got just because it turned into a thing about girls being better than boys. Yeah, because that seems to be like the trend now, isn't it? Yeah, that like a whole bunch of butthurt men will jump on Twitter and just go, oh, this is fuck bullshit. Like, yeah, exactly. Sometimes though, I will say that it gets a bit over the top. We discussed it in our Avengers Endgame review, like that scene where the women were taking everyone on. Like they make, sometimes they make it a little bit too obvious, saying, hey, 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 look audience, look what we're doing here. But mm. there's no reason why women shouldn't be the main role of a superhero film. No, uh, or of indeed anything in life. Uh, but yeah, so it's just, it, it, did, it did get me thinking when I was watching this episode that I'm glad that it doesn't have any of that um, negative backlash around it. But I, I bet you that if, if you could somehow take this episode in a bubble and take the fandom that, like the popularity that the show had and then just inject it into today, that it would absolutely blow up for all of the wrong reasons on Twitter. It, it totally would. That upsets me. Let's just not think about that side of culture. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I love that. And en- I love that ending when, when she's introduced, by the way, with Homer. What do you do, mm, Dr. Simpson? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the only thing is, though, and this is, this is just another slight nitpick, is that these women are so successful. How would Lisa not know that she's related to them? Like, how, how has this never been known? <laughs> um, well, look, Homer didn't even know that his mother was alive for a very long time. I know, but he obviously knows these people exist because he called them up on a whim and got them there within a few hours. So, like, when, for example, when the kids are sick, why wouldn't they go see Dr. Simpson? <laughs> well, presumably she's a medical doctor, not a GP. When Homer had open heart surgery? I'm just playing devil advocate. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily mean she's a surgeon. There are many types of doctors. She could be working on a stickier type of Velcro. Feet. <laughs> like, yes, that's yeah. true. <laughs> um, what, is your, what was your favourite moment from the episode? Besides the obvious uh, of the, you know, I step in front of cars and two of the drivers and that, kind, that scene there. Oh, that honestly didn't even make it into my uh, top three. Okay. Um, so my top three favourite moments for this one. Mr. McClure, what does DNA stand for? Mm-hmm. The animation. The, the, the animators face, yeah. deserve... So much. The fact that they managed to get that much acting into a character is phenomenal. The the, Um, the animators and the directing as well for the pacing of it. the whole thing. So good. Homer asking for, was it, um, I can't remember the exact thing, but like beers and my conversation hat. Oh, the conversation hat. Yes. (laughs) How good is that? (laughs) The conversation hat is fantastic. But overall, my my number one favourite moment Guy in the TV booth. No, no, let her speak. I'm trying to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good switch because you think he's, you know, he's yep. believing what she's saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but oh man, that just that kills me every time. That subversion of the of what you think is nobility. 
I love that Homer knew what Proposition 305 was. So when Lisa goes, I'm supposed to be talking about Proposition 305. Nucci and War Widows. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you mentioned before that it wasn't in your top three, but and it was the other guy steps in front of the cards. It's the last guy where the guy just goes, my legs hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Like all of one, all of those things were funny in their own right, but that my legs hurt just got me. It was so great. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. From this day forward, your names will be now new names for the episode. Mitch, uh, this week I've gone with you know all in the family. So I've gone with a play on all in the family and gone appalled in the family because Lisa's appalled that she's in the family. Okay, yeah, that's not too bad. I'll uh, I'll give you that. I'm going to go with dumb becomes her. Mm-hmm. Play on death. Uh, yes, uh, let's go to the patrons as we like that. to do. Brendan Delaney with the Lisa they fall, playing off the Homer they fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, can start. Could you have got? Could you have gone with you are Lisa Simpson? Um, maybe you were Lisa Simpson. You still are Lisa Simpson. Any of those things could have worked. I guess you kind of have to tweak it a bit, but yeah, yeah. Continue. What else have the patrons sent through? Andrew Parker with listen to the jokes that we're not writing. You can apply that logic to this podcast as well, actually. Harrison McClure, these jeans don't fit. And Jolene King, I dream of Jean-E. That's pretty good. Yeah, both of those what are about, pretty what solid. What about Al, Al for Lisa? So like Al.Jean. Al-Jean. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like it kind of works. It, but you'd have to say it out loud. And if you didn't read it with the right inflection, yeah. no one would have any idea what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Bevan, Peter Panheads. That does look like fun. As much as it hurts. It's it's very jackass era. Yeah. Um Kristen Nell, uh, I think this might be my favorite just because she's inserted a word that I really enjoy. Perspicacity bites. Oh man, I'm gonna sound stupid and say I don't even know what that means. What does it mean? Uh perspicacity. It's kind yeah. of a um what is it? It's uh something to do with foresight. The quality of having ready insight into things. Okay. So not not your Dharma style. Uh, not so much that. More about being shrewd. Um, okay. but like, so, so like Luke Hodge in the back line, being able to read the play. Yes, hundred percent. A clarity of vision or intellect which provides a deep understanding. Cool. That'll do. Uh, there's been a, a bunch of other suggestions. There's a lot of other very very good suggestions, but I'd be here for twenty minutes if I read them all. Next question. You there, eating the paste? Shall you go first? Well, I've okay. got four this week, so I feel like I should. Okay. Well, I've only got three. Okay, I had four because last week I needed two, so I felt like I needed to make it up to the listeners. All right, my first yeah. question is, what was the name of Lisa's vegetarian lunch meal that sh- that has the puzzle on the back? What was the what meal was called? What was the name of the meal? Oh, um, the branding. Professor, Pro- Professor Provolone's something or other. Portion time. Portion time. That's not too bad. My question is, which astronaut was the sponsor of that? So, which astronaut was doing the TV commercials? Buzz Aldrin? No, it was John Glenn. John Glenn, okay. Yeah, John Glenn, who I'm like 99% sure, and as I quickly look this up, he was the first American to orbit the Earth. There we go, drinking game. Mitch looks something up on the internet. Yeah, yes. Well, just just to confirm. Like, I was going to say first in space, but that may not have been correct. But yeah, first to orbit. We've already had our local reference as well with the pizza discussion. Man, we're on on a roll today. Uh, My next question (laughs) is... What is the name of Grandpa's Barber? Uh, um, very famous, very famous kink song. A very famous pink song? Kinks. Old school song. Oh, ki- kinks. Um, 
One of the one of the uh, one of Uncle Scrooge's nephews. Huey. Damn fool! It's Louis. Louis. <laughs> Louis. <laughs> Did the Kings do Louis? I didn't know that was a King song. I'm pretty sure the Kings sang it. I could be wrong. Do you want to do the no, Mitch look, old, old Mitch Google? <laughs> no, look, I'm sure they covered it. Sorry, I'm sure. Uh, the, yeah, Louis Louis song by the Kings. Uh, Dan knows his music, my friend. <laughs> no, I know. I wasn't questioning you. It's just <laughs> yeah, that no. I had a. That on Elvin and the Chipmunks, the movie that someone else did, Louie Louie, um, as okay. a cover. I just don't know who it was. Let me get back to my question. What age was Homer when he was uh, competing in the spelling bee? Six. Six is correct. Well spotted. Six is correct. Okay. Uh, my third question is, what two ridiculous things did the rich Texan mention that he had bought when he was trying to buy... Frostalicious. Frostilicus, whatever mm. it was called. Um, no, I don't remember. Uh, a, glass, a stained glass bathrobe and the world's fattest racehorse. Gotcha. Well, everything is bigger in Texas. That is true. And ridiculous. My final question. Does Lisa use a colon or a semicolon after writing dear log? Colon. She does indeed use a colon, which... I looked up because that's like a sort of grammatical thing that you don't see very often, but it turns out that that is a much more formal, it's just a more formal way to address a letter, um, which I kind of, I was disappointed to find out that it was a real thing that got done. I thought it would have been a great flourish if they had her write something that was grammatically incorrect. But well, they, had her, they had her write the word that wasn't a real word. Yeah, but it just would have been like a nice... Like a real good blink and you'll miss it gag for for English nerds rather than one that they call out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And my final question is, what was the price of the tapes the jazz singer was flogging at the back? Oh, eight bucks. Six. Nearly got it. Yeah. Good. Damn. I thought it was going to be a Even that was an absolute guess. Um, I've got to be honest, like I... I have taken notes for this episode, but I also spent a lot of time watching it, but not watching it. I had some major distractions going on in the house, so uh, yeah, yeah. So I was happy to get to to get within even five dollars was a good enough effort for me. I also want to discuss because we didn't cover it at the start. Before we get into the patron mailbag, Lisa here. Whilst she does come around and whatnot, this episode also does highlight the negatives of her character. I feel like Homer and Bart had every right to be angry at her. It's very Lisa the Vegetarian in the sense that she points to them and says, I don't want to end up like you. That's a really mm. harsh thing to say. They've done nothing but be themselves. They, I don't know they, about angry, but hurt. I'd, I'd be angry. If, if, if my child said to me, I don't want to turn out like you, when Homer's done nothing wrong to her, he's just being himself. Like he, He's just being himself, and in no way is he bringing her down. I guess you could argue that it's bringing her down because she's not getting a, uh, uh, the proper sort of uh, environment around her to help her flourish. But but mm. he's done nothing but love her and he's trying to include her and say, yeah, sweetheart, what's wrong? And saying, come have some chocolate and whatnot. And then she goes, I don't want to be like you and runs off. Like, that's just... She's very judgmental as a character. As She's one of the most judgmental characters on the show. Yeah. But, it's but still like, very relatable I, as well. I'm not disagreeing with anything that you're saying there. I'm just saying that for me personally, I'm not very quick to anger. I'd be hurt and I'd be disappointed. But 
anger, not so much because I don't feel like what she's done there has like that's not a deliberate attempt to hurt someone. Um, that's just yeah, she said something and it is hurtful, but she's not gone out of her way to do it. She she hasn't necessarily defied anything. Um, you know, I I think that yeah, I don't know personally. I just don't think that anger is the right response. But yeah. certainly, you know, hurt. Betrayed, anything along those lines, disappointed, neglect, uh, neglected, even um, super judged. But hey, I see the world in many different shades of grey. There was an episode recently where she even did it to Marge, where she was just belittling of Marge for Marge was believing in something. Uh, oh, it was the, at least the skeptic. The skeptic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's just, she's just very, I don't know, just a judgmental character. But as I said as well, she's still, I think, and it's just, it's the older you get, she is the most relatable character. I feel like the writers find her the easiest to write for because she is so mm-hmm. relatable in that sense. Yeah. So, it's time for now. Do, does this segment deserve its own little intro? What could the intro be for the patron mailbag? Uh, um, hmm. It's the patron mailbag time. There you go. <laughs> That'll do. I'm going to use that drop every single week. <laughs> Back that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll record something special and play it next week as well. But uh, the Patreon no. mailbag is brought to you by our, <laughs> our beloved $20 big sister patrons, Mr. Thomas Wilford and Jordan Ritchie, who we forgot to mention last week. So apologies, boys. But each week now, Patreon mailbag brought to you by the big sister patrons, Jordan Ritchie and Thomas Wilford. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you to all the other patrons out there for your support. Much, much appreciated. And thank you, everyone, just for listening as well. Um, we love each and every one of you. But Mitch, so we posted, I posted out there in the uh, Patreon group, episode-specific questions. Um, so we've got a few here that have come through, 28 comments. Do you want me to ask the first one or do you want to ask the first one? Uh, well, we're not going to be going through all 28, so we'll curate. No. Um, but Alex Swan, we'll try to cover some, we'll try to cover as much as we can. But yeah, let's go. Alex Swan. Yeah, yeah. With this episode, Themes of Intelligence, do you believe that any person has a cap on how much they can know, or do you think it's seemingly endless, like in Lisa's case? Now, he says, like in Lisa's case, where has that been raised where she has the endless possibility of knowledge? Is that what she, Does she say that in her speech or something, does she? Uh, is it that? Is it maybe what the doctor says to her? Or is it just that, like... Or is it more just the fact that Lisa is stupendously intelligent and seems to have an infinite capacity for taking on more knowledge? I think the human brain has the ability to learn, to continue to learn till the day it's not working anymore. It's impossible to learn every single thing out there. But I think if you attempted to learn something new every day, your brain would continue to do it. I think, I just don't think you can mm. fill your brain up. Your brain is just going to go, yep, I can't learn anything new now because I've learned too much. That's just not going to happen. It's not how the brain works. Hey, I just realized, by the way, that uh, Dr. Simpson was chief of complicated surgery. So, uh, they could have gone to her for the triple bypass. My bad. That's what I, that's what I thought. When you said that, for some reason, in my head, I thought, I swear she said something about surgery. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, well, as I said, lots of distractions. Um, I think that you know, I've got to take a slightly more pessimistic view. I think that, yeah, you've absolutely got a ceiling as to what your brain can hit. And that ceiling is going to be different for different people. Um, but if I put... If I put an astrophysicist in a room with a complete opposite end of the intelligence spectrum from an astrophysicist, they're not going to somehow end up at the same level. Like, the other person's not going to be able to catch up and not be able, going to be able to take on the same things. I've, I've just, like, I've just seen too many people not be able to get things. And... The, uh, myself, like, you know, anybody, like anybody, I think, 
comes across stuff that you just go, nah, that is beyond me. Like for me, mathematics. I, pardon? Some, some, the real hardcore specific type of mathematics sometimes gets me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I decided a couple of years ago, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to learn about quantum physics. Like, if there are people out there that can understand quantum physics, it should be within my ability to understand quantum physics. And I must have spent 20 to 30 hours reading just basic introductions to quantum physics. And I came out of that with my head fucking on, f- like, just smoke pouring out of my ears and no closer to even the barest understanding. If someone came up to me and said, right now, what is quantum physics or quantum mechanics, I would just have a blank look and go, here's a book you can read. <laughs> um like i really tried and i could not get it so that's the frustrating part when you think that you should be able to but you just can't but in your mind Mm. you can't wrap your head around why you can't no no no, i Mm. can do this why can't i though like what what, yeah what am i doing wrong because surely i can learn it but yeah but see I, i took that question differently some things people can learn more of than other people. I'm just saying that I'm, I took that the question. I took that question in the sense that the brain can continue to always learn new things. But some things, oh, okay. but yes. some things people can learn, and some things people can't. But people are always able to learn. Okay. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. Like you're you, you're always adapting to new experiences, and with within whatever your kind of upper limit of understanding is, yes, you can take on new topics always. Yeah. Now, we had this question come through from several people. Cal McDonald, I think Mike Bevan might have posted it as well. There's a few. Mm-hmm. Which job of the male Simpsons do you think we'd be good at, we would want to do the most, um, given you only had one option? I like the idea of pretending to be a millionaire at parties. Yeah, I, okay. That seems like the least risky. You, uh, it does. You'd have to stop wearing pop culture t-shirts to every event that you go to. <laughs> <laughs> when do I wear pop culture t-shirts to every event that I went to? Every time I see you, you're wearing something or other from the 90s. Uh, oh, sorry. I thought you meant pop culture in my work. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Not the brand, but I mean, like, it'll be a Jaws t-shirt or an <laughs> ET t-shirt or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> see, a, a close friend dies and you rock up in a four weddings at a funeral t-shirt. <laughs> um, I like the idea of being a prison snitch. <laughs> I think that that's probably the most I, likely for me. If I was in prison, I would be ratting on everyone. It'd be like, hey, man, hey, we all knew the rules. If you didn't want to get told on, shouldn't have broken them. I, my conscience is clear. You honestly wouldn't last a second in prison, I reckon, because <laughs> you would be the snitch and you would just assume, well, I've been able to talk my way out of life up to this point. I'm be able to talk my way out of any issues that I have in here. And the second mm. you try to start talking your way out of an issue in prison, you're already dead. <laughs> well, yeah, and I'd start questioning. It'd be like, man, I'm going to beat you so bad. I'm like, well, when you say you're going to beat me bad, do you mean like it's it's going to be a, a bad beating or a good beating? Like Dead. You're what, already dead. What sort of, yeah. <laughs> whose perspective are we talking about here? Because if you're giving me a bad beating from your perspective, then I'm probably not going to get hurt. But if it's a bad beating from my perspective... Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't get through that sentence. <laughs> No, no, but uh, you know, I'd be on the Carl Williams, tro- Carl Williams trolley pretty quickly. Uh, next question. So, Andrew Parker, if we had to open a supermarket with a gimmick, what would it be, and what would you call the supermarket? I'm going to throw this one at you. Okay, supermarket gimmick. I would go 
with okay, um, Top Gun themed supermarket mm-hmm. called the Unsafe Way because every aisle is dangerous. When you go shopping, you're unsafe. So it's, so it's like to make it less dangerous, but it's like an obstacle course, like the the old game show Amazing. So it's like the Amazing Maze to get to your food. So you like instead of finding keys, you're finding tins of soup. Yeah, and the but more to the point, it's just that there's cardboard cutouts of Val Kilmer yelling at you in every aisle. <laughs> I was just gonna go that far. <laughs> you know what would be fun, actually. You go in, and the prices are ridiculously cheap—not ridiculously cheap, but cheap. But you only get two minutes. Go in there and buy what you can in two minutes. I think that's been done, and I think it ends up being not very good TV because it tends to prey on poor people and turns their pain into our entertainment very exploitatively. Isn't that what all television is, though? Uh, Yeah, but not as... Not all of it is specifically about watching poor people strive for cans of food. Oh, no, no, no. You're thinking of um, the giveaways where they say, right, you can go in and whatever you can fit in your trolley in five minutes, you can keep. That's different. This is always savings, but you you only get two-minute time frame to go in there and buy shit, but it's really cheap. That's exactly... You literally just described the exact same thing. <laughs> it's no, just no, the, 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 you mean, you're in the giveaway where whatever you can fit in your trolley. Okay, that's different. But this is a store that's still you still got to buy shit. But it's you can only go in there two minutes at a time. Like I see, I see the similarities, but it's not. It's still not the same thing. It's not. The, it's not like saying, "Hey, homeless person, here's a trolley. Throw what you can in there for five minutes, and you get to keep it." That's like taking a Nazi general and a Nazi soldier and because they're in different uniforms going, look, completely different. Dude, it's not the same thing at all. No, it's, it is slightly different. What, what if it's a really expensive store? Like an Apple store, but you only get... Nah, because... Yeah. No, <laughs> it doesn't work. The only way that that show works is... The only way it works is if it's not exploitive is if you've got a millionaire doing it. But then it's an asshole thing to do because you're watching a millionaire buy shit that people can't afford and there's someone at home going, he just literally threw away $500,000 and I've got to fucking work 40 hours so I can not even hit the poverty line. When did this there, become a show? absolutely a no way to make this show that is not offensive to people that aren't well off. When, is, when did this become a show? Well, YouTube video, whatever it is. Anyway, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a question about the supermarket with the, with the consistent gimmick. I do like the idea of a maze, like finding your groceries in a maze. That'd be great, great fun. Yeah, that that'd be fun. Um, supermarkets try to do that effectively anyway. Like <laughs> they set it up as a maze so you buy more shit. Yeah, definitely. Uh let's go to. Would you freeze yourselves either because you were dying, freeze yourself to find a cure? Or just because you want to see the future. That's from Matthew Lethem. Anyone who says no is lying. I mean, if you have the ability to see the future, you would, right? No. You wouldn't? I mean, no. Well, firstly, with global warming, you're going to get thawed out pretty quick smart anyway. Secondly, there may not be a future. Um, Thirdly, I think if you're doing this, you've got to be alone. Like... Uh, you freeze yourself and you wake up and everyone that you know is gone. That's a shit way to wake up. That's true. Global warming thing is mute though because you'd be free in a refrigerator in an electrical freezer. So global warming has nothing to do with whether you would thaw out or not. Uh, it depends on how far in the future you go to. Go pop an electrical freezer onto Venus and see if it's able to keep it cold enough to keep you frozen. Okay. If, you want to go, if we're on Venus, okay. <laughs> that's, that's where we've gone to. 
There are a number of people that think Venus is a very good stand-in for what Earth could become. That Venus was symbolised to Earth and it's a result of greenhouse effect run amok. How long do you think we're no longer on Earth? 100,000 years? Oh, Jesus. If we're around in 100,000 years, it'd be a miracle. Consider that humanity has been around for maybe 40. What? <laughs> you high? <laughs> And that'll do it for the uh, for the Patreon mailbag. Thanks to everyone who sent in questions this week. Sorry we couldn't get to them more, but we can't be uh, talking too much before we get into the review. It's time we uh, we get into the review of Lisa the Simpson. <laughs> he says at the 45-minute mark of recording. The original air date of Lisa the Simpson was March 8th, 1998. I thought a little fun thing I would do is rather than say, hey, what do you think you were doing on March 8th, 1998, Mitch? I'm going to say to you, what do you think was the number one song in Australia on March 8th, 1998? Oh, Savage Garden. Um, oh, what did they... Truly, Madly, Deeply. It's a good guess. I believe that was about 97, but it was not, uh, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion, the Titanic song. Uh, of course, it probably stayed on the top of the charts for 40 weeks or something. About the same amount of time that Titanic stayed in cinemas. It was a long, long time, number one, yeah. The, there was no chalkboard gag this week, but the couch gag was the one where the, the vine grows and... All different vegetables grow in the form of the Simpsons characters. So the episode kicks off this week in the school cafeteria. The kids are all annoyed with the quality of the food and Nelson's annoyed mm-hmm. with the quality of the coffee, but Skinner doesn't seem to mind. Lisa mentions that she got her lunch from the gas station, I believe. Well, vegetarian lunch. actually, I was trying to... Skinner doesn't seem to mind. I was trying to figure that out. Is Skinner taking the coffee because he wants the coffee or because he just recognizes how inappropriate it is for a student to be drinking it? I, they didn't go anywhere with it, so I wasn't too sure. It can work both ways, yeah. It was pretty funny that Nelson's drinking coffee, though. Yeah, I, I think we're supposed to believe that the bullies are kids that have been kept down. Because, you know, Kearney's got a kid. They're, they're like Jimbo's usually a lot older. He's, he's dating teenagers and whatnot. Um, I, I think they are in an older grade, though, aren't they, Jimbo? And that Nelson just tends to hang out with them. Um, we, never see, we never see them in the class with Barton. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, I need to correct something I said earlier, by the way. Humanity has been around for longer than 40,000 years. It was just a number that I plucked. Yeah, I, I was aware of this, yeah. I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> I just, before uh, people before people write in, I wasn't like stating that as fact. Nothing's fact on this show. We make everything up. I don't even have yeah, a son. Except <laughs> everything else that I say. You <laughs> don't have a son. Lisa's brought in her own special lunch. I'll show you one. And this puzzle here, this this little story, I mm. really like it. The little arc throughout the whole thing. Because it's, it's something that's so simple. But when you went back and can you remember when you watched it the first time? Did you like pause it and try and figure out what it was? I remember doing it and I couldn't. Uh, no, well, I probably would have only watched this on TV. So I didn't have the ability to pause it. I would have recorded. I remember recording it and pausing it. But the thing is, when you used to pause the old tapes, it sort of like be moving at the same time and had the line through the middle and whatnot, if you remember. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't record a huge amount back then like I, I would watch something and that'd be enough for me oh see i was obsessed i used to tape and, and, and we've mentioned before it's because i wasn't allowed to watch it for so long i was just mm. i just absorbed everything simpsons i was just simpsons crazy i had to watch everything time and time again but lisa can't solve it all the other kids can solve it though and that bugs her because she's the smartest kid in school so school's now over i love this shot of the kids and the teachers racing out uh, it's very much like that when you're at primary school. Not, not teachers so much, but the kids. Like when that bell goes, you're fucking, you're out the door. Lisa's still hanging around, trying to solve it though. It's a really nice touch here of Willie just hanging out, cleaning the floor. Because that's what it was like. When, for whatever reason, you'd be held back at school, at primary school, even high school, 
it's when the cleaners would be around vacuuming and whatnot. You knew you mm. were staying back if you could hear the cleaners vacuuming. Yep. I still get that feeling at work. Want a hint? I don't need a hint, Ralph. But you're suffering. I loved that bit of Ralph. I loved the uh, the play on the fact that Ralph gets it. Like, Yes, that's why they've got him here. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Um, and also later when you see Ralph open the locker, just get straight into it, offer help, but you're suffering. Like, yeah. Or, all of that was really, really good. Yeah, just to emphasize that even this kid can get it, you know? Yeah. Um, and really turning the light off as well, just symbolize that, you know, she should be going home by now. The kids then return all the next day, and it's great. Now they're all sad, including the teachers. Heads in hand, just, you know, hunched over. We don't want to go to school. Uh, Lisa is really, really tired. And, oh, the joke about Millhouse having nits, I was just like, eh. Um, but they played up here again because he's still scratching his head. Lisa reveals that she's up all night trying to solve the puzzle, but she couldn't get it still. Um, she's even forgot the combo to her locker. I, mm. I've done this a couple of times back in school. Do you remember doing it? Um, I never had a combination lock, so it was never a problem oh, we had for me. to. I was all... You had to? Yeah, this, like it was a thing at the start of the year. You had to pay $10 or whatever it was and have a lock. You weren't allowed to have a locker unless you had it locked. I think it was sort of like a, um, a way no, that I had a could... I had a lock. I just had a padlock, like a, a lock and key. No, no, we had to have it so that the, um, because it had to be through the school so that if something happened to you and you weren't at school and for whatever reason, just say, for example, someone caught up and said there's a bomb in the locker, the mm. school had the combination to everyone's locker. You know, what would be a lot quicker is if, and firstly, that says a bit about where you went to school, but you know, what would have been quicker is bolt cutters. <laughs> like, But it just, just means that, uh, uh, just say, for example, and this is not meant to be sexist, just say there's an emergency and there's two female teachers who have to get into that locker right then and there. They might not have the strength to cut it with the bolt cutters. They might not have really access to the bolt cutters, but all the teachers mm. had it in their folders, the um the access to everyone's codes. There was like a folder in their office. Yeah. Look, it has some merit. I'll, I'll give it that. But it, I reckon if there's a ticking clock, like... A, a, bomb, you know, was, if- a bomb was... Uh, that was... A, Bad example, but like just um, they had um, to get in there for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Oh, but, anyway, uh, that's different. I haven't heard of it before, but different. Also, an invasion of privacy. <laughs> oh, massively. Like it would want to be a pretty fucking good reason. You just know the teachers were going through those lockers. I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> On the nightly. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph gets straight into his locker. Um, he's got his Aggie culture project, and Lisa realised she's forgotten. This is another thing. Surely, Lisa being Lisa, she would have prepared this thing weeks ago, right? Mm. Yeah, it wouldn't be the night off, and she hasn't done any preparation yet, unless she just left it at home. No, I think they're playing at the fact that she was up all night doing the puzzle, trying to solve the puzzle, rather than doing the project. That's what it was. I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what I'm impl- implying. I think um, that's what they were going for. I was just trying to give them an out. Yeah, don't open it, Ralph. I'll just give you a C minus. <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> Lisa with her pig eraser, as shitty as it is, it's pretty clever for an on the spot thing. Yeah, little spring yeah. and whatnot. Um, and Lisa's even surprised at herself, which is pretty funny. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> We're then at the Quickie Mart and Jasper thinks, or Apu thinks that he's just going to be buying a shitload of ice cream. You don't know what's going on he's, here. He's hogging Dars as ice cream. That's uh, that's a pretty solid pun from Apu. Yeah. Homer wants an after-dinner burrito. Um, so. <laughs> It's a stra- straw burrito or something. He's microwaving for 45 seconds to pass the time. It gives him the novelty pen. What I loved yep. the most about this was Homer opening up his fingers 
just to have one little peek. I also like, you know who would love this? Men. Men. (laughs) (laughs) And did you notice when Apu says, where is Jasper? He says, where is that elderly old man? Well, Apu wouldn't know Jasper's name. But the fact that he says elderly old man. Oh, oh, actually, yes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I was thinking about the wrong thing. Yeah, uh, that is pretty funny. It just worked, though, in a sentence. It sounded so natural. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, He finds Jasper, who has frozen himself with the note. Nice touch here of the uh, the ice breaking off when he um when he takes the note mm. away. Uh, he wants to be thought thought out when robot wives have become uh, cheap, cost effective. efficient. Yeah, cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Jasper. It, it actually brings a bit of a negative tone to this story. Is that he's frozen himself because he's lonely. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Uh, but I like that he's got the foresight to uh, have his pants altered as fashion dictates. Great. It's very very good. Lisa can't play the sax, but Homer doesn't realise this. Now you're swinging, honey. Darn it! Marge is cutting uh, Grandpa's hair. Now, at first, this just seems like a random scene that didn't need to be there. Because um, I forgot that Grandpa was the one that tells her about the Simpsons gene. Um, but it was just a reason yeah. to have Grandpa there. Um, just a reason to have him there, yeah. Yeah. So he explains the whole Simpson gene theory, which is just ridiculous that Lisa would believe it in the first place because when does she ever believe one of Grandpa's wacky stories? But I guess, like you said, he does show her some proof to an extent with the um, with Homer and uh, Bart's grades going down. Now, did you notice when I was walking off to the attic to look at the proof, Maggie was reaching for the scissors behind them? Oh, really? Yeah. As he takes... Uh, oh, yeah. Look at it go. Yeah. Just, it was just happening in the background. It's never acknowledged again. Never gone back to But it's just... Yeah, I thought it was quite funny. Um, so, yeah. So, so, Grandpa goes through all the stuff. Um, and Lisa's really, really worried because she thinks, oh, shit. If this happens to all the Simpsons, then it must be happening to me because I can't solve this puzzle and whatnot. And Grandpa says to Hov, you know, don't worry. You'll still be able to live a long and pointless life. We come back from the commercial and Lisa is uh, writing her first diary entry. Dear Log, can it be true? Do all Simpsons go through a process of dumbening? Wait, that's not how you spell dumbening. Wait, dumbening isn't even a word. Oh, I've got to find out more. (laughs) (laughs) That makes 22 to 16. Time is running out. Here's another question. How do you win the pot game? Like uh, tw- he says, that's twenty-two to sixteen. How did he justify who won that round? Uh, maybe it's first to thirty-one. No, but how do you get a point? Whoever's ears ring the loudest loses. <laughs> okay. Lisa goes to see Doctor Hibbert. Can you do this and turn that projector on? Have you ever wondered why fat parents have fat children? Or why Chinese parents have Chinese children? It's no coincidence. It's because of D-N-A. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such medical films as Alice Doesn't Live Anymore. And Mommy, what's wrong with that man's face? But Mr. McClure, what is DNA? What the... Oh, hi, Billy. Let's find out together. DNA is God's recipe for making you. 
You take a dash of dad, a pinch of mom, then we bake for nine months and... Mmm, that's good Billy. Mr. McClure, what does DNA stand for? We say this every time, but man, this show misses Phil Hartman. Something shocking. Uh, does it ever. So does every show or movie that Phil Hartman has ever been in or on. But it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the film doesn't answer anything at all, unfortunately, for Lisa. Would you like to see it again? <laughs> Lisa questions, can you change your DNA? And no, you can't. That, by the way, is not technically true. It, it is in the sense that she's talking about, but like technically your DNA is kind of changing and evolving all the time. Yeah, um, you can't. You can't change it by choice. No. And if you've got DNA that says you're going to be white, you're going to stay white. So, like, there are some elements of it that you, are... You can change physical features, but you can't change your DNA. Yeah. Dr. Nick goes to see Jasper. Um, I've got here, it's a nice comparison. So, Lisa goes to see Dr. Hibbert with a real problem. Meanwhile, the other doctor, Dr. Nick, is checking out a dude who's frozen himself in a freezer. <laughs> yeah. The kids want to, or the bullies, I should say, want to see uh, Jasper. They offer to pay a dollar and... It, Apu thinks, well, as, he, as he always does, he's a, a genius when it comes to making money from nothing. Uh, it turns it into the Freaky Mart. We'll give you a buck. No, this is a convenience store, not a freak show. Uh, $1.20? Come on, come all. See the amazing frozen man. Also, gaze at the Frito, bound in a bag of Doritos. Marvel at the floor that just won't come clean. Lisa's new diary entry. This is where she looks out the window and she sees Ralph with the letterbox. And like she said, Ralph, Ralph seems happy enough. So maybe if I make a bit of an effort, I'll be happy as well. Maybe it's not as bad as what it seems. Um, she goes to see Homer and Bart who are... Who are watching when buildings collapse on nonstop Fox. Oh, mate, we forgot to mention at the start, when buildings collapse is fantastic. Yeah, I would watch this show. Oh, it's just so great. But if, uh, Homer's... Oh, I didn't think it was going to fall over. <laughs> Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, man, you're watching a show called When Buildings Collapse. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. And Lisa's, uh, so we, you mentioned earlier as well, the whole room for one more. It's good for when people join the Patreon group or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so Lisa brings up the whole, maybe people got hurt. Homer's, yeah. <laughs> Makes him laugh even more. <laughs> they did kind of dumb down Bart and Homer a bit much to get their point across. But also... It could just be that they're not behaving as bad as what it seems. It's just this is how Lisa sees them. Sees them. Yeah, that that's a very interesting take on it, actually. I don't mind that. And a little bit of a C plant here as well. So when the show finishes, we get Ken Brockman with the editorial reply and Homer turns it off straight away. So that's yep. what Lisa does later on. Uh, yep. Lisa just tries to fit in, but it's just not working at all. Meanwhile, at the Freaky Mart, did you hear the background music was actually just the usual Simpsons circus music slowed down? Ah, uh, no, I didn't notice that. That's pretty cool. As Apu was talking about the can of mystery, the label vanished many years ago. Is it treasure or dog food? Some things mankind just aren't supposed to know. Yeah. Uh, Flanders are looking at the offensive cap, which in my opinion probably says, show us your tits. Is that what you think it's going to be saying? Uh, yes, of course. I was trying to think of something funnier, but no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all it's going to be. It's cute. Come on, let's go. Jasper is now referred I'd love, to as Frostalicus. Sorry, I love Grandpa. Grandpa talking about him. And then actually, like I've got a real funny story about that. Actually, it's not so much funny as it is long. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it pronounced Frostilicus? Frostilicus? Frost- Frostilicious? 
Well, I thought it was Frostilicious. Oh, Frostilicus. Frostilicus, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Frostilicus, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would would like to see a four-finger discount review on iTunes that said, funniest podcast out there. Actually, it's not so much funny as it is long. But anyway. (laughs) That's your job for the week, guys. Five stars plus that review. Yeah, that's how this review is feeling for me. Keep the five-star iTunes reviews coming through, guys. We're getting more and more each week, and it's much appreciated. It really helps us boost up those rankings on iTunes. Apu sees Frostilicus, Frostilicus, I should say, uh, waking up because he's starting to thaw out, so he turns the freezer up to very cold. The only thing is, though, (laughs) they play it up here like he's doing the wrong thing to make money, but this is what Jasper wanted. He wants to be frozen. So, really, he's doing the guy a favor. The the guy's mooching off of Uh, Apu's electricity in the first place. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is that he's probably going to kill him. Um, in reality. Homer and Bart want some snacks, but Marge says no because it's nearly dinner time. And the reason Homer wants snacks is because he just watched all this stuff about stomach surgery that made him hungry. Yeah. Uh, Lisa says, or Lisa, sta- Lisa's, she's really trying to fit in here of Homer and uh, Bart saying, you know, yeah. oh God, if she started, if she three, started minutes earlier, three minutes earlier. It's ridiculous, but it's also delicious. I love me some melted chocolate. What about you? Mm, no, I'm not a fan. I don't like the metallic taste getting into it. No? So I love it. No. When when that, that last bit of like a Cadbury crunchy Easter bunny. Dip your chicken into it and go to town. Oh, it's amazing. Have you ever had chicken dipped in chocolate? Uh, sadly, no. It's one of one of life's joys that I've not yet experienced. <laughs> you could call it chiclet. They're eating the chocolates. <laughs> and Lisa is unsure what to do. But those candy bars are all squished and melted. <laughs> what? Come on, Asia. Join your family. Quit it. Quit it. Quit. You kids knock it off. Mama's watching her stories. Hi, honey. It's me, your husband, Ralph. Hey, Angel Pie. Can you drive me down the library? I want to rent us up some movies. <sighs> Wesley, get Mama's prying bar. Easy does it now. Easy. A little more. Get right back. I'll get your coat. No. No what? I don't want to turn out that way. What way, Angel Pie? Like you. Mama's Prime Bar, how great is it? Yeah, <laughs> I love the Prime Bar. Um, before I started going to the gym a few months ago, I was heading towards a Prime Bar, and for a while there, I was pretty okay with it. Wait till you become a daddy. That Prime Bar is coming back, my friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, except it's going to be to pry my child off something. Yardley uh, is just fantastic in that, in that vision, like I said earlier. Um, Lisa snaps out of it. Um, she doesn't want to turn out like that, like what, like you. It's very harsh, but you know, it is what it is. We come back, and Homer and Bart are very insulted. Lisa's writing in her diary. Um, it's time to give her brain one last meal. It seems a bit much. Like so, Grandpa's told her that the Simpsons gene makes you dumber, and she thinks in the space of two or three days she's just going to go from extremely intelligent to just an idiot. <laughs> That's how storytelling tends to work, though. In, in a twenty-two minute, in a twenty-two minute episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she's at the museum now. This joke here, I took this 
a bit of a different way. So she talks up the painting how great it is and the security guard mentions how it's actually one he painted the real ones in his garage and she looks shocked by that. I think what they're going for there, do you agree that Lisa is shocked that she was fooled by the painting that some random guy that's a security guard yeah. at the museum just painted? Yeah, I think that's that's, I that's that what that's, pretty that, that's what they're going for. Okay, so she wasn't shocked that the guy stolen it. She's shocked that she was fooled by the guy. Yeah, that she wasn't smart enough to pick up on the fact that she was admiring a fake. Okay, yeah, because when it gets to the jazz club, she's not an idiot. They don't they don't play that up. She's enjoying the music for what it is. Hmm, so that's why true. I was just like, so is she she meant to be dumb or not? Because at the museum she's dumb. Well, that's what they're implying. But then she gets to the jazz club and she's appreciating the music for the way it's supposed to be appreciated. They don't, they don't go for the she, same gag. Like at the jazz club, is it the other guy that's right? And you have to listen to the notes that she's not playing is probably like, you know, I don't know. Maybe is maybe that's a dumb thing to say about jazz. Maybe. I don't think it is. It doesn't seem like it would be. But anyway, uh, the guy in that club, by the way, how Don Draper is he? Uh, yeah, very. When Don Draper goes to that hipster bar in like season one of Maven or season two, whatever it is, I'm just like, <laughs> that is me. does not fit in. That yep. is me. Like, <laughs> you're all fools. <laughs> yeah. The rich Texan is now at the Quickie Mart, or the Freaky Mart. He wants to buy Frostilicus. Pooh just simply will not sell him, but he probably should have because he's now defrosted. It's too late to make some money off him, um, and we get the whole moon pie scene, which is just great. By gum, it worked. I've awakened in the future. Moon pie. What a time to be alive. Hey, who unplugged my freezer? Return to your state of living death at once, sir. Is that you, Apu? Whoa. Time has ravaged your once useful looks. Oh, well, Sanji, that is the end of our freak show. We must relinquish the giddy glamour of show business and return to the humble pleasures of the neighborhood shopkeeper. Time traveler discount. Come on in. Now, if you look at the shot of Sanjay, it doesn't leave much to the imagination. I'm going to say Sanjay must have one hell of a pencil dick because that bike rack ain't covering much. Hmm. Yeah, it's not super flattering. No. <laughs> but look, maybe it's just retracted. Possibly. Because it's so cold outside. Did you hear Jasper try and use a time traveler discount? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, Sanjay's a grower. Aren't we all? Um, yeah, actually, that'd be like, would you rather be like huge, huge erect but small otherwise, or just look like Michael Fassbender when you're flaccid? And then not get any bigger. Yeah. But he's huge flaccid. So yes. He's huge, well, he's true. Huge, so he's huge <laughs> both ways. He is huge both ways. <laughs> It's like, so you'd rather be huge, flaccid, and then shrink when you're erect. <laughs> There's just something that I like about... Fassbender's the, dick? Uh, well, actually, I like it both <laughs> ways. There's, you see, yeah, actually, yeah. You see some really good um, flash, flaccid doodles in uh, the third episode of Chernobyl when a bunch of miners strip down to the nude because it's too hot. Um, it's just really unsexy. It's like in the most perfect way. And no one has even the tiniest hint of ego. Like, none of the actors have gone, I'm just going to give this a quick, 
you know, a quick stretch and a rub before the cameras roll to look better. Like they're all just kind of mushrooming it up as they're walking around. <laughs> anyway, enough about penises. So, uh, what else do you think Jasper, by the way, has tried to use the time traveler discount for? Uh, definitely movie tickets, public transport, bus, the bus and, pass, yeah. Yeah, and um, the burlesque house. Great set. Oh, thanks. But the crowd kept looking at me like I was using too many augmented nines. Uh, they just came for the buffalo wings, but you really got through to me. Oh, good. I figure if you've got something special to say, you have to share it with the world. Yeah, why, you still can. Thanks. Damn, that felt like a sale. Lisa then rocks up to Channel 6 and she wants to do an editorial. By the way, people out there, this is not how television works. You can't be an eight-year-old child and turn up to a TV station and say <laughs> you want to see your piece and they'll put you on no. the air. It's not how Otherwise, it works. I would have been on TV long ago. But they tried that once with Cheese TV and worked for a while. Then they grew up and it got weird. I can tell you the real reason why the show got cancelled. It was actually the highest rated morning show when it got switched over. But there was a reason. Mm-hmm. Reasons that we won't go into on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh Homer, meanwhile, back at home, Homer's saying that Lisa should be out buying him a chocolate apology cake. And then Lisa comes on the TV. Hello, my name is Lisa Simpson. <gasps> I'm supposed to talk to you about Proposition 305. Mooching more widows. But I have something more important to say. For reasons beyond my control, I will soon become vapid, sluggish, and slow-witted. So before that happens, I want to share some things with you that have really meant a lot to me. What is she doing out there? I'll cut off her mic. No, no, no. Let her speak. I'm trying to get fired. And please don't deprive yourself of wonderful books like To Kill a Mockingbird, Harriet the Spy, and Yertle the Turtle. Possibly the best book ever written on the subject of turtle stacking. She's got that right. Beauty is all around us, and not just in pageants and parlors. You can find it in the swirl of galaxies or the swirl in the center of a sunflower. Uh, Grandpa reveals... The Simpsons uh, gene discussions it explains why Lisa's mm-hmm. behaving the way it is. And Homer, you don't realize what Homer's going for here. So he says, "Oh, well, that's ridiculous. I'll um, I'll see that. I'll set that girl straight." And you think he's going to be, you know, having a go at her or you know, trying to prove her wrong and whatever. Well, he does try and pr- he does prove her wrong, but in a positive way. This whole scene here. Now we discussed earlier the ending. You don't think it was too convenient, or you just you do, but you just don't care. I, I just don't care. Um, it, it's. It's done enough. Like everyone's got extended family just because we've never seen them. They don't live in Springfield for the most part. So why would we have ever seen them? Well, how do you know they don't live in Springfield? Well, it just, it makes sense to me that Homer has had to call these people and get them all to come a long way to be that's on the front it's lawn. It's the only way to get in contact with people in 1998. Yeah, but it was like, you know, that afternoon is when he's made the phone calls. Lisa's had to come home, go to sleep, and then it's the next morning that this is all happening. So... Time has passed. Oh no! It was night time when he called them. So I guess it is overnight. Yes, but he could have just said, "Come in the morning." Yeah, but she's like, she still had to come. Uh, to me, he made the phone call. They all drove. They all live some hours away. Okay, fair enough. He I, actually I says, "I've rounded nice. up every Simpson in the Tri City area, so they yeah, haven't come from the one place." It would have been nice, though. You incorporated the fact that there's plenty of successful Simpsons out there, the female ones. It just would have been nice that, you know, Lisa now has some role models and then she doesn't anymore. Yeah, but, you know, how much is a... Having a role model is not necessarily... A successful role model in the Simpsons universe isn't going to add to comedy. 
No. Like, everyone in The Simpsons is a screw-up. That's for a main all, character. For all we know, they could have uh, gone back into that well in later episodes that we haven't seen yet. Who knows? Possibly. But Lisa's now really, really happy because... Um, did, you, did you feel too when, when Marge woke her up that morning that it kind of felt like the Lisa, it's your birthday moment when she was waking her up? Uh, it, it didn't occur to me, but now that you've said that, yeah, it's a little bit the same. Lita, it's me, Daddy, your father. I rounded up every Simpson in the Tri-City area so I can prove to you there's nothing wrong with the Simpson genes. This is your great uncle, Chet. Go ahead, Chet. Tell me what you do. I run an unsuccessful shrimp company. Oh, but you run it, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, this is your second cousin, Stanley. Um, I shoot birds at the airport. Everybody hates birds, right? Well, you look pretty successful. Thanks. I play a millionaire at parties. At least I'd like to. You probably should have researched this first, eh, Dad? What about you? Well, sir, I step in front of cars and sue the drivers. I beg celebrities for money. Uh, I'm a prison snitch. Jug band manager. My legs hurt. So let's discuss the um, the men. So like, they're just using the pans. It's ridiculous. But did you find the men situation, uh, the men scenario funny? That they were all just idiots. I think the way they, were, I thought it was really well done. In the sense that, like we mentioned earlier, Dan's voice, but also they were all drawn so differently, but yet still look like Homer as well. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that the fact that the pans got called back to, and yes. that it's just like this natural thing that they all have taken on board. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Lisa gives Homer a big hug. She's never been happier to be his daughter. This is where Bart comes to the realization he's going to be a failure, but he's cool with it. Um, Lisa does her final diary entry. And at the same time, she finally solves the puzzle. And it is just so simple. It's there smacking you in the face the whole time. Once you've seen it, yeah. Um, she doesn't over-exaggerate, though. She's like, oh, no. I mean, what does she say there? She says, woohoo. I mean, splendid. So, like, she goes to be the more ref- the refined version. Uh, and then we've got the great music cue at the end. I... I love it. Like it's, it has its negatives if you want to nitpick, but overall, this episode is great. It's my favorite by a long margin for the reasons I discussed earlier. It's just got everything that I want in a Simpsons episode. It's got humor. It's got an emotional beat. It's just the pacing is great. It's just fantastic. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Grinter? Uh, I learned that you can have endless amounts of fun just with uh, cookery. That is true. I And you do on a daily basis, I reckon. Or at least a weekly basis. Uh, let's say. But you, but you, but you'll be using them in the way they're supposed to be intended to be used. Four but, times weekly. Four times weekly, and the other times Uber Eats, because I can't assume Ash will be cooking. No, I've never used Uber Eats. Oh, I've used it once. I don't like them. Uh, but anyway, the, I don't the like other them. Times, those people. <laughs> I don't like the concept of Uber Eats. The other times, I'll just buy something for myself. In, in what way? What don't you like about Uber Eats? Oh, I've never. I've never been in a scenario where I couldn't get to the food on my own. So I don't like the idea of paying someone else to do it for me when I'm physically capable of doing it myself. Have you ever ordered a pizza to be delivered? No. Bullshit. Not as I refuse adult. to believe that once in your 31 years of existence, you've never ordered a pizza to be delivered to your house. The only time, uh, the only time I did it was when I w- I'd read about doing this and I thought it was a great idea. I was drunk and I got home and I ordered a pizza to be delivered at lunchtime the next day to act as an alarm. So, like, I, I came home at two in the after, two in the morning. I was like, "All right, pizza to come at eleven thirty. That'll get me out of bed, and I'll have a pizza. That'll be good." But that's the only time. 
Do you want to know a life hack that I worked out I've, when I was... At, I have a pizza... Sorry, I've always lived within about five minutes of a pizza place. I have no need to pay a $10 delivery fee for something that will take me 10 minutes to do. Yeah, to be quite honest, I haven't had a pizza delivered in a long time. I usually only ever get a pizza delivered if it's a party and you don't want to leave the party. You just you get people at your house, you don't want to leave. You're just like, ah, everyone's here. We'll just all chip in and get delivery. But a life hack that I worked out, I may have mentioned this on the podcast. I'm not too sure. When I was like 2021, 20, I was out in town and you know, Texas Cafe and Mercer Street. And to get back to my parents' place out in Bell Park, it was usually about $15, $20 delivery on a taxi because they charged the extra rates on a Saturday night. So I thought, you know, I'm at Texas, I'm getting some food. I'll call up and order it to be delivered and then just get a lift home with the delivery driver. And it cost me $7 mm-hmm. and it worked. Excellent. He, he, dro- he drove me home for $7. Yep. Very, very smart. But anyway, that's Dando's uh, life hack. What else did I learn from this episode? Uh, I learned I learned that uh, buildings collapsing is quite therapeutic to watch when done correctly. Oh, I do love a good demolition video, actually. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh. Mailbag time. So, Mitch, delve into the, uh, the standard mailbag. What do you got for us this week? Uh, we've got a couple that we'll read this week, Dando, and then mm-hmm. i got to get out of here because it is late. It is very late. Uh, Clint... White writes in, oh, well, you haven't actually watched this, so this is difficult. On a recent podcast, I mentioned Barry as one of the best shows on TV. What were my thoughts on the Manic Demon Child episode? To him, it was the funniest thing that I've seen all year. So, Well, just, just discuss that. Just don't spoil anything. Yeah, I will. So, basically, um, I think I gave a quick recap of the general concept of Barry. Barry is a assassin played by Bill Hader, who's an ex-Marine. Season one deals with the fact that he's depressed about his current job. He doesn't want to be an assassin anymore. Uh, He follows a hit to an acting class. He somehow gets sucked into being on stage with him. And even though he's terrible, the group gives him applause. It's like the first time he's ever felt accepted. And he decides, I want to be an actor. Maybe this is my calling in life. So season one is about him trying to forge ahead on that path. Meanwhile, assassinating happening in the background, trying to exit his way out of that life. Season two deals largely, it's just a, it's a nice continuation from season one and the events that have happened at the end of that episode. But what you get, I think it's the fifth episode, might be the fourth or fifth. They take this brilliant example of just doing a showpiece episode where it is so different that the, the storyline, the grander storyline still continues, but largely you could almost watch this as a self-contained episode of the show. And they introduce some things that exist only in that episode and don't even don't ever get referenced again but the the, the creative flourishes that they use the just sheer it's almost a test of an audience to go how far can we push something like how far are you willing to go with this show but in a really good way not in a way that ever feels like it's betraying you or anything like that it's just this amazing escalation from the beginning of the episode to the end of the episode that 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 there is it just comes entirely from left field and it was I'd, I'd agree with Clint it was one of the funniest things that I've seen all year and one of the best TV episodes I've seen in a long long time so you but, could wa- so you could watch that get hooked on it and then go and start watching the show no um, nope. When I say that you could, you could do it, but that would be the wrong way to do it. it like it, it wouldn't mean anywhere near as much to you 
Um, and frankly, if you did watch this, you wouldn't then, I don't think you would like the rest of the show because it is so unlike everything else in the show. It's more that every other episode kind of flows from the episode before, whereas this one is a bit more contained in the story that it tells. But if you just started, you wouldn't have any idea who the characters are and it, it wouldn't really make sense to you. Okay, fair enough. Well, yeah, it's on our list of things to watch. We, um, we're just smashing yeah. through the wire at the moment back on season four. Loving the wire as always. Great show. If you have not if you have not watched mm-hmm. the wire, make sure you watch that as well. Like that's just Mr Mr. Presbelewski doing his most earnest work in the classroom. I um I actually really want to get into Homicide Life on the Street, which was the show that kind of precedes the wire. Different really? different different setting. I think it's still in Baltimore, different cast. A few of the actors are the same. That's pretty cool. It was a bit more procedural than The Wire was. If, if you're going um, but to watch did... The Wire and you've never watched it, I highly advise grabbing the Blu-ray collection because, man, there's nothing like experiencing uh, bubs in full widescreen. It's amazing. Yeah. Interesting. Personally, I'd say go for the 4.3 because the filmmakers shot it in a 4.3 aspect ratio no. and that was no, the no, way... No, the... no, 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 the... no, 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 uh, wrong, sir. Yes. Yes, no. yes, 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 yes. No, no. You will find David Simon himself is actually kind of reticent about the widescreen. Well, I listened to the audio commentary and he said we originally filmed it like this in the hopes that one day it would be released like this. Yeah, so, but it also wasn't at the time. So they had to frame it for 4.3, which means that in widescreen, you get a lot of heads that are sort of in the middle of the frame as opposed to being more traditional. So you get a lot of negative space either side. On the cityscape shots, that works quite well. In the interiors, not so much. I think just the overall experience for me, as a, for me personally, I've enjoyed it far more. There's just so much more to absorb. It's just it. it okay. I, I enjoy. I, I don't see any of the, anything on the wire. I don't see anything as dead space. It's all there. Like it's just. It's fair cool. enough. I will. I will grant uh, the fact of. I mean, as I've I've espoused many times, that the wire is the greatest show that I've ever seen. So, frankly, watch it in whatever format you possibly can. Just yeah. get your hands on it and watch it. Uh, now, one more question before we wrap it up for uh, the this week. We've got a cheapskate story. Uh, can we play the My Two Cents sting? I'm Kent Brockman, and that was My Two Cents. Thank you. That comes in from Thomas Harrow-Smith. Dear Mitch and Dando, I've recently found out a cheapskate story about my uncle, which I think you'll love. My uncle lives with my grandmother as a sort of live-in carer situation and does a fantastic job, but he is an unbelievable penny pincher and loves a bargain. Case in point, there is both a Lytle and an Eldie next door to each other in his hometown, and his uncle goes between the two of them, comparing prices on different items, despite the fact that they will both be pretty much as cheap as cheap can get. I've never done, I've never once left a supermarket to see what it was like somewhere else. So anyway, he hears that there's a discussion in the family to get Grandma a new bath. She recently broke her hip, and for the first time in her life is not as mobile as she once was. So his mum, his aunt, and his other uncle thought it'd be a great idea to get a, a new bath that has rails on it, the sort that's sort of especially designed for the elderly to get in and out with minimum fuss. Seems like a straightforward idea. Yep. Not to Uncle Chris. He's been digging in his heels and we couldn't work out why he wouldn't want to get one to help. We assumed that he was just sceptical. But no. It turns out that the real reason is because he bought their current bath secondhand 10 years ago off some random guy for a quid. One English pound. He's so proud of that bargain, he thinks it would be a crime to get rid of the bath, even in spite of the fact that they've already got what it works out to be 10p a year out of that bath. 
Um, all right, that's it. That's it for the mailbag. That's it for recording. I'm like fighting sleep. I started a new job this week. My brain's working overtime. Oh, I did <laughs> All right, man. No worries. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, to our view of Lisa the Simpson. Next week, we are going to be reviewing this little wiggy. Now, that's the one where Bart befriends Ralph Wiggum and they break into the old prison and the leprechaun tells them to burn things and all that stuff. Uh, so, Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Hour and a half podcast. What a time to be alive. Ah, oh, stop being a sookie lala. Don't, don't talk over my final words, mate. This is my oh, segment. I oh, waited until you finished. And then I said my piece. As long as you edit that out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shh.